0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a new edition of the Live with Rank program. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to join us today, please do so. The number is 269-441-9595. Once again, that's 269 441 Ninety five ninety-five, or you can email me at rank r e n k at townsquaremedia.com. Yesterday, last evening, I broke a story here in the Battle Southwest Michigan area, I should say. I had not seen it reported by anyone, and that is a new veterans administration report recommends the closure of Battle Creek's VA Medical Center. Yes, that report came out yesterday, kind of late yesterday. I stumbled upon it and was slightly surprised. So I wrote a piece last night. You guys can check it out. New VA report recommends the closure of Battle Creek's VA Medical Center. And you can find out quite a bit. Actually, I have links to the entire report that covers the entire United States and the 23 regional sections, as they call it. We, are Section 10, we being the lower half of Michigan, our Section 10, that is in that report, also a link just to that. So we'll certainly get into that. There's a lot involved in it. I got out as much as I could last night that I thought was pertinent and uh, concerning. Now, it's going to take a while for this to happen. This is government. It's going to be slow moving. Uh, people are going to fight for it to stay or not stay. But it's certainly a a, uh, eye-opening report from the perspective of, of, well, Battle Creek and the people who go to the Veterans Hospital in Battle Creek. So the VA just released its March 2022, quote, VA recommendations to the Asset and Infrastructure Review Commission, end quote, report. And again, I have links to not only the entire report, but the Section 10, which is involving the Battle Creek VA Medical Center. I even tell you, click on that and go to page 49, in which they write about the Veterans Integrated Service Network 10, Michigan Erie Market. And this market serves veterans in the lower peninsula of Michigan and northern Ohio. So obviously, that's also including Battle Creek. In that report, they state that the, quote, recommendation includes justification for the proposed action, the result of the cost-benefit analysis, end quote. And under the heading, faculty excuse me facility overview they state the following quote the battle creek vamc was built in 1931 on 213 acres the main hospital was mostly most recently renovated in 1993 the infrastructure does not meet current design standards 56 for modern health care and historic buildings make it costly to maintain FCA deficiencies are approximately $90.9 million and annual operations and maintenance costs are estimated at $13.7 million. And then I do the work for you. I say go ahead and advance to page 53. Well, you'll find the recommendations and justifications section. Under that section, you'll find the following. And only can you find this type of wording in government. When I first read this, I thought to myself, are you kidding me? They wrote this? It's under the section, quote, modernize and realign the Battle Creek VAMC. Okay. So that's a subsection. Modernize and realign the Battle Creek VAMC. Quote, end quote. And how does our government... Recommend that we modernize and realign the Battle Creek VAMC by closing it. That's what I mean. Only in the world of government can you have crazy words like that. Yeah, we're going to have a head. Let's do a subsection called modernize and realign the Battle Creek VAMC. Well, I thought we're closing it. Yeah, that's how we're going to modernize and realign it. We're just going to shut it down. Oh, okay. Is that? The brain power we have working in government? Yep, apparently. So under the modernize and realign the Battle Creek VAMC, section 1.4 says closing the Battle Creek VAMC. Now, under that section, let's go back to 1.14. I jumped ahead to 1.14. I mean, 1.1. I jumped ahead to 1.4 because that's really all that matters. Now, remember, these are recommendations. So under Modernize and Realign the Battle Creek VAMC 1.1 says constructing a new VAMC with inpatient mental health CLC and RRTP in the vicinity of Wyoming, Michigan. Section 1.2, reallocating all inpatient and outpatient services currently in the Battle Creek VAMC to current or future VA facilities or community providers and discontinuing those services at the existing Battle Creek VAMC. Section 1.3, establishing a strategic collaboration with a community provider to deliver outpatient surgical services Currently, the Battle Creek VAMC provides no outpatient surgical services. And then, as I was saying to you earlier, Section 1.4, closing the Battle Creek VAMC. With a new replacement VAMC in the vicinity of Wyoming slash Grand Rapids, the existing Battle Creek VAMC will close. End quote. Now, remember, I just want to state these are recommendations And hopefully our congressmen, women, our senators will fight for you. So then I tell you, jump ahead to page 55. We find the following. Section 3, modernize and realign outpatient facilities in the market by 3.1, establishing a new MSCBOC in the vicinity of Kalamazoo, Michigan. With the proposed closure of the Battle Creek VAMC, outpatient services will be relocated to a new MSCBOC in the vicinity of Kalamazoo, Michigan, Kalamazoo County. This expand access to primary care, outpatient mental health, outpatient specialty care and urgent care services for veterans in the most sustainable location in the Kalamazoo area, end quote. That is where we're at. Now, you can go read the entire report. Again, I gave you links to section regional section 10, which is us, but you can see the other 23 that are there. Now, as I pointed out earlier, I, I find it very, very interesting that under the heading modernizing and realign the Battle Creek VMC, the recommendation is to close it. What do you guys think? 269 four, four, nine, five, nine, five. Once again, 269 four, four, nine, five, nine, five. Are you uh, concerned about that? I guess the biggest concern would be then people who are having to go to Battle Creek would then have to travel to Kalamazoo, which isn't so bad depending where they're at. But certainly traveling to Wyoming Grand Rapids, if that's the situation, it's even longer. But I want to reiterate, it's a recommendation and it'll take probably a long time before they actually close it down. I was lucky lucky enough yesterday from a source out in Washington, D.C. that I have. That said, you may want to take a look at that report rank. And it's out there on the VA. It was posted yesterday on the VA's website. And I was able to get it to all of you before anybody else. So it is very hard these days to scoop a story in news. But I got lucky. Well, it's working a source that uh, pointed it out to me from uh, the D.C. area. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. We'll be right back after this. Lines are now open. Welcome to the Live with Rank Show. I was just telling you some, well, what may be sad news to uh, you veterans out there. And that is that the Battle Creek VA Medical Center has been recommended as a report that was released, released uh, later in the day yesterday by the Veterans Administration. It's called the VA Recommendations to the Asset and Infrastructure Review Commission report. All the links are there. You can check it out at WBCKFM.com or WKMI.com or any station you're listening to me's website. Any other than my flagship station tend to put the the pieces up a little later. So if you're looking for it now, I would go to my flagship station, WBCKFM.com. Also, a little bit of a uh, shakeup or news here in uh, Michigan's New 4th District. As many of you know, uh, we expect because of the money being spent by Fred Upton that he's going to run again for re-election. I think this is like number 18. He promised three. Someone I thought he promised five. Someone called uh, last week and said he, it was three, he remembered. He'll serve three terms, even if it was five terms. He's on, again, I think it's term 17. Has he officially said he's running? No, but he's spending a quarter of a million dollars running ads saying how uh, – how great he is. In that new district, we have another incumbent, Bill Haizenga, congressman, who's coming from the Holland area. And because he was redistricted, Fred was redistricted, Pete Meyer was redistricted, all that has been shaken and stirred. And then Steve Carr Kara, a soft excuse me, a freshman state representative, was also running in the primary. Well, as I reported to you yesterday, President Trump had endorsed Bill Heisinga in this new fourth district, which in a way rescinded his endorsement for Steve. Now, Steve was endorsed, I think he said last September by Trump before the shakeup and the redistricting, after the redistricting. Trump went with Bill Huizenga. Now, Steve was supposed to have an announcement at the beginning of my show here at nine o'clock. But he let the cat out of the bag with an interview with a Washington Examiner reporter in which the reporter said, Steve Kara, the state representative, is dropping out of the race for the Republican nomination in Michigan's newly configured fourth congressional district. And again, that's due to the fact that Trump essentially rescinded his endorsement in favor of Congressman Bill Heisinga Now Steve told the Washington Examiner reporter last night, quote, I don't want to see the vote split. Explaining his fear that he if he remains in the Republican primary, voters opposed to Upton's recommendation a renomination might divide their votes between him and Huizenga. The problem he has with that excuse is what was Trump's rescinding of his endorsement of Steve. And I don't think he rescinded it in a negative way. I don't mean that disparaging to Steve. I just mean he decided in this new fourth district to go with someone else. So, what was the difference on Friday afternoon and Steve not worried about splitting the vote till Monday and Steve's worried about splitting the vote? One thing, Trump rescinded his endorsement of Steve or, again, I don't – Trump decided to endorse Bill Hyzinga in this new fourth district. In fact, Steve said, quote, Trump didn't rescind his endorsement of me. He just endorsed Bill Hyzinga." end quote. Okay, so that is the big news in the new fourth district. So it looks like we got two uh, horses going head to head, two incumbents, Fred Upton, if he decides to run against Bill Heisinger. You have a person in Fred Upton who many would call probably left of center. Well, in today's environment, maybe center. And then you have Congressman Bill Heizinga, who is uh, rated pretty high as a conservative. We've had him on air. In fact, I reached out last night to him and tried to find out if he can come on air to discuss this whole Battle Creek Veterans Administration Medical Center being recommended to be closed down. In fact, he hadn't even heard of it yet, his his people that I was talking to. I, I sent him the report, and he was unable. When they checked, he had a re- meeting today, and he was unable to come on today. So we'll hear from him, as well as I reached out to Congressman Peter Meyer's office late last night to find out if he has any thoughts. Now, Peter's leaving that district, that part of the district, He's redistricted out of Battle Creek area, so will either be, depending if the Republicans win, Heisinger or Upton, and again, depending if he runs. 269 441 no thoughts about the Veterans Administration Medical Center possibly closing or recommended to be closed? Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe it doesn't matter as well. As much. Then this. I did write a piece about this. And I titled it Flint, Michigan Election Official Charged with Ballot Tampering and Misconduct in the 2020 Election. That's out there also on the websites for you guys to check out. Now, how many times have you been told by the Democratic Party, the mainstream media, most pundits on TV, and many elected Republicans that there was no tampering with the vote in the 2020 election? How many times have we been lectured by all of those people that all of the claims of the election fraud are, quote, unproven, end quote? In fact, every time, and I pointed out to you, Anything comes up about new election uh, laws or anything, nothing to do with Trump, just new election laws. Uh, I I noticed Craig Mauger from the Detroit News and every, every one of them, they say still unproven, unproven, unproven. Now, two things surprised me about this. One, the Detroit free press. Yes, the free press is reporting that a Democrat former Flint Township clerk and current county election supervisor has been charged with election crimes stemming from the 2020 elections. Kathy Funk is her name. F-U-N-K. Was charged with ballot tampering and misconduct in office. She's an elected Democrat. Another surprise is that the Michigan Attorney General's office, led by a Democrat, announced the charges last Friday. Now, Kathy Funk, a Democrat, will face trial in Genesee County District Court, the same county in which she now holds the elections supervisor position. I'll tell you more about it coming up right after this. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show. 269 if you would like to partake in the show today and give us your thoughts about what we're talking about. Or you can email me at rank R-E as in excellent N-K at townsquaremedia.com. square to the Live with Rank show. Thank you for that. Wow, I was playing that for the recommendation that the Battle Creek Veterans Medical Center be shut down now obviously that's the beginning is the recommendation by this VA report that was just issued late yesterday and there'll be time for people to fight for their medical centers. I'm sure there's many that are being shut down or consolidated or what have you around the country. And I, I was thinking, oh, my, I can go with Steve, too. Now, Steve Cara is dropping out of the fourth district race after Trump decided to. Uh, I guess you could say, uh, well, he's endorsed as Friday night Bill Heisinga, which in a way is removing or rescinding his endorsement of Steve. Steve said no. And and I get it. it, it he didn't. Do it for any specific reason about what Steve did. I think it had to do with he gave his recommendation or his endorsement prior to the new district. And now that there's a new district, he's just decided to go with Bill Heisinger. Uh, I wish he would have answered something to, about that. That being President Trump. 269 Andrew writes, well-ranked, my opinion. It's just another nail in the Battle Creek Coffin. It'll be a big hit to Battle Creek if it happens. I I think the one thing that Battle Creek has not going forward is the age and the upkeep. I think that's what they're looking at uh, the cost. Also, Jeff writes, Good morning, Rake. We will know if Fred Upton is running by 4 p.m. on April 19th, as this is the final. File deadline. That's Jeff from Bear Lake. Well, I guess we will. Right before the break, I also was discussing this piece I wrote. Flint, Michigan election official charged. Guess what? With ballot tampering and misconduct in the 2020 election. I know you've been told that it never happened. Nothing happened it's not been proven it's unproven and every time we hear of one now it's not an avalanche that many thought would happen because maybe it wasn't but it certainly has happened and it happens every election especially in detroit what surprised me about this charge was two things detroit free press Reported it, not the news, or at least for, yeah, I don't even think the news as of last night reported it. Just the Detroit Free Press. And it was the Michigan Attorney General's office that announced the charges. The Michigan Attorney General's office alleged that Kathy Funk, who was the Flint Township clerk at the time, running in that election herself, and current county election supervisor today, They allege that she, quote, purposely broke a seal on a ballot container, end quote. Now, according to Michigan law, that the votes in that ballot container now cannot be counted or then, being 2020, in any anticipated recount. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said, quote, election officials must uphold the integrity of their positions. Those who abuse that commitment undermine the very foundation of our democracy End quote. She later said, quote, I needed to do this because someone else found out that she was doing it. And now I have to say this. End quote. No, I I just said that. Now, the attorney for Kathy Funk, Matthew Norwood, said of the two charges, quote, she says it's absolutely not true. Now, what will the mainstream media say about this? They will say that there is no proof of widespread fraud. In fact, I noticed because of this in my research yesterday that over the last year, the Detroit News, the Detroit Free Press, the Lansing State Journal, you mentioned all, all the leftist papers out there, uh, and some are more than others, they started changing their tunes. It went from unproven that there was any election fraud to unproven that there was any wide election fraud. And in fact, I noticed that or widespread just the other day. So that's what they'll say. Well, there's no proof of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. And that, ladies and gentlemen, if they say anything at all, I have not seen it reported I, I did eventually see it reported by the Detroit News but as a straight reporting piece no opinions like these guys always put in about widespread fraud not occurring so if the mainstream manipulative n- news uh, excuse me media I don't use news any longer do say well well there's still no proof of widespread. The question then would be, how many election fraud cases have to be exposed for them to admit there was widespread fraud in the 2020 election? If widespread election fraud occurred, it will not matter how much proof is given. If any still exists and has not been deleted or shredded. They will never, ever admit it occurred. Too many people's lives, jobs, and selected and elected seats would be at risk. It'll never happen. It'll be buried because you saw people on the right who are attempting right here. Michigan state senators and representatives trying to bury any evidence or certainly not taking any evidence that might expose it. Happened right here. I wrote about it extensively when that report came out from the state, the Republicans from the state Senate, when they refused to talk to or take the testimony of former state Senator Patrick Colbeck, the guy who's been on top of this more than anybody else. That told me right there they did not want to hear of any evidence so they could come out with that report that they eventually came out with. Once they denied taking the testimony of Pat, former Senator Pat Colbeck, I knew the the result was baked in the cake. I knew they didn't want to uh, discover anything because here's their, their best example because they, they believe that he's full of bunk and that's fine. He may be. That may be. His uh, their opinion, but the fact that they wouldn't talk to him, they wouldn't let him testify, has to tell you something. And I mean, testify in front of the committee before that final report was done. Doesn't that tell you something? See, because if I believe this person is the thorn in my party's side, saying that uh, election fraud occurred and it occurred on a widespread uh, basis. I want that guy to come and testify. I want that woman to come and testify so I can just rip him apart with my questioning. But they denied his ability to testify after they said they were going to allow him to testify. So that's what I mean. They're, they're going to bury this. If it happened, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see proof. We're, we're seeing it leaking out little by little. But it'll be be buried. Too many careers, too many elected people on the right and the left, too many TV personalities were involved in denying it and squashing the story if it actually occurred. Now, I wrote in my piece, you may be wondering why the Detroit Free Press would report on someone from their own party being charged with election fraud in the 2020 election and the Democrat lead Michigan Attorney General's office, the Democrat that's leading it, charging a fellow Democrat. That's what I thought. Perhaps the Detroit Free Press wanted to control the message and be able to say they have reported on election fraud. Also, why not throw a small fish under the bus in order to keep the big fish in the game and claim you are a real news organization. Same thing with the Michigan Attorney General's office. They want to say they have charged people in their own party with election fraud. But also, once again, why not throw a small fish, which she is, under the bus, in order to keep the big fish protected or in the game? Now, I... I'm on the side still. I I need to see proof. Will that proof be allowed to come out? Don't know. But little by little by little by little, we keep seeing about this election fraud. The question is, at what point is it a tipping point? Every election has fraud the last election 2020 filled with fraud i'm sure well actually filled with uh, I take that back every election before the uh, 16 the 12 the 8 all of them the issue is to what extent is it that's always the issue 2694419595 nine, five. do any of you think differently than me on that if it did occur it'll never be allowed to take root because all these people will just keep denying it and the truth seekers in this world in this country are very few you would think it would be most of the republican party i I don't think so unfortunately certainly when it comes to the elected people Give us a call. Lines are open. 269-441-9595. Well, that wasn't supposed to stop that soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.